Hello, and welcome to Morning Prayer at St. Paul's Lutheran Church in Edison, New Jersey. Today is the Saturday after Easter. It's hard to believe it's been a week since Easter Sunday. We begin our time of prayer in silence. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Lord, open my lips, and my mouth shall proclaim your praise. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Alleluia! Christ is risen indeed. O come, let us worship and praise. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before God's presence with thanksgiving and raise a loud shout to the Lord with psalms. For you, Lord, are a great God and a great ruler above all gods. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. In your hands are the caverns of the earth. The heights of the hills are also yours. The sea is yours, for you made it, and your hands have molded the dry land. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. Come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker. For the Lord is our God, and we are the people of God's pasture and the sheep of God's hand. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. Long ago, God spoke to our ancestors in many and various ways by the prophets. But in these last days, God has spoken to us by a son. A reading from Deuteronomy chapter 29. You stand assembled today, all of you, before the Lord your God, the leaders of your tribes, your elders, and your officials, all the men of Israel, your children, your women, and the aliens who are in your camp, but those who cut your wood and those who draw your water, to enter into the covenant of the Lord your God, sworn by an oath which the Lord your God is making with you today, in order that he may establish you today as his people, and that he may be your God, as he promised to you and as he swore to your ancestors, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. I am making this covenant sworn by an oath not only with you who stand here with us today before the Lord our God, but also with those who are not here with us today. You know how we lived in the land of Egypt and how we came through the midst of the nations through which you passed. You have seen their detestable things, their filthy idols of wood and stone, of silver and gold that were among them. It may be that there is among you a man or a woman or a family or a tribe whose heart is already turning away from the Lord our God to serve the gods of those nations. It may be that there is among you a root sprouting poisonous and bitter growth. All who hear the words of this oath and bless themselves, thinking in their hearts, we are safe, even though we go our own stubborn ways, thus bringing disaster on moist and dry alike, the Lord will be unwilling to pardon them, for the Lord's anger and passion will smoke against them. All the curses written in this book will descend on them, and the Lord will blot out their names from under heaven. The Lord will single them out from all the tribes of Israel for calamity, in accordance with the curses of the covenant written in this book of the law. The next generation, your children, who rise up after you, as well as the foreigners who come from a different country, they will see the devastation of the land and the afflictions which the Lord has afflicted it, and its soil burned out by sulfur and salt, nothing planted, nothing sprouted, unable to support any vegetation like the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah, Adma and Zeboaim, which the Lord destroyed in his fierce anger. 
They, and indeed all the nations, will wonder, Why has the Lord done this to the land? What caused this great display of anger? And they will conclude, It is because they abandoned the covenant of the Lord, the God of their ancestors, which he made with them when he brought them out of the land of Egypt. They turned and served other gods, worshiping them, gods whom they had not known and whom he had not allotted to them. So the anger of the Lord was kindled against the land, bringing on it every curse written in this book. The Lord uprooted them from the land in anger, fury, and great wrath, and cast them into another land, as is now the case. The secret things belong to the Lord our God, but the revealed things belong to us and to our children forever to observe all the words of this law. The covenant has now been set before the people, and it is time to respond to God's steadfast love and mercy, to God's own swearing of an oath to be their God by their own swearing of an oath to live according to the way set out in this book, that is, to fear and love and trust God above all things, and to love our neighbor as ourselves, according to the way that God has outlined here in the book. The blessings of this covenant have been spelled out, and the curses for unfaithfulness have been revealed as well. So just before the people swear allegiance, ratify the covenant, there is one last warning. Check your heart to see if it is already turning away from the Lord to serve other gods and the powers of the nations of the world. If you haven't noticed, there is always a specter of unfaithfulness that seems to be lurking and crouching and creeping around in the background, casting its shadow over God and God's people and the promise that God wants to deliver. It is as if, having drawn up the covenant there's really no realistic chance that it will be kept. That the words are no sooner in the ears of God's people than they are already turning aside. There are a couple of reasons for that. First, of course, God knows the hearts of human beings. And just as Adam and Eve lost the garden, so Israel will lose the promised land. And yet God will continue to love and act faithfully for Israel and for the whole human race. And it will be clearly shown that given the choice between the blessings of a renewed relationship with God and life on their own terms, humans turn to choose the curse, bondage, and suffering. And yet God remains faithful. The second reason is that scholars believe that the book of Deuteronomy may have actually emerged in the era just before the exile as part of a reform movement when Josiah was king in Israel. Israel was already experiencing the sufferings that looked like the curse outlined here, and the hope was that by returning to the Lord to the covenant made at Sinai, the covenant that they actually found hidden in the temple during the reign of Josiah, that Israel could reform and repent and return once again to the Lord and receive those blessings of God's promise and God's presence, of God's love and mercy and protection. Of course, if Israel refused, the Babylonians were already threatening, and it wasn't hard to see what would happen if the Lord their God did not intervene to save them. Of course, after the exile, these curses helped to explain what happened. When Israel lost the land, when Jerusalem was sacked, when the temple was destroyed, what went wrong? The people lost their love for the Lord their God and put their trust in other places, in foreign allies, in their own military might, in the military might of their allies, even trusting in other gods and powers. 
All of this reality is already written into this book. But over and above it all comes again God's abiding promise to be God to this people, that the darkness of this night and of any of the curses that are here will be overwhelmed by the light of God's love. And through God's people, God will yet bless the world. Jesus is the answer to that promise, that hope of a new dawn, that resurrection, the coming in of God's kingdom. And then this week after Easter, we have learned how he has freed us, has freed us all from the powers of sin and death, and brought us once again into this relationship with God, into God's land of promise, into God's household, into God's kingdom, into God's very presence here with us in the Holy Spirit. Thanks be to God for Jesus Christ who loved us and gave himself for us. Thanks be to God for the Holy Spirit poured into our hearts, making us God's people, a temple and a nation of priests. In Jesus' name. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us. Blessed are you, Lord, the God of Israel. You have come to your people and set them free. You have raised up for us a mighty Savior, born of the house of your servant David. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us. Through your holy prophets, you promised of old to save us from our enemies, from the hands of all who hate us, to show mercy to our forebears and to remember your holy covenant. This was the oath you swore to our father Abraham, to set us free from the hands of our enemies, free to worship you without fear, holy and righteous before you all the days of our life. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us. And you, child, shall be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare the way, to give God's people knowledge of salvation by the forgiveness of their sins. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us, to shine on those who dwell in darkness and the shadow of death, and to guide our feet into the way of peace. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Mighty God of mercy, we thank you for the resurrection dawn, bringing the glory of our risen Lord, who makes every day new. Especially we thank you for the sustaining goodness of your creation, for the new creation in Christ and all gifts of healing and forgiveness, the communion of faith in your church, for the gifts of relationship with others. For what else are we thankful? Merciful God of might, renew this weary world. Heal the hurts of all of your children and bring about your peace for all in Christ Jesus, the living Lord. Especially we pray for the Church of Jesus Christ in every land, but especially for the people, the ministers, the leaders of St. Paul's Lutheran Church. For those who govern the nations of the world, for people in countries ravaged by strife, their warfare, I think especially of the people in Ukraine and those who are besieged, those who are trapped, those who are fighting, those who are mourning, those who are already injured, those who are wounded, those who have fled their homes, those who are seeking safety, and all who welcome them, care for them, provide for them, provide for the sick, provide for the wounded. We pray for those who are sick, for those who are mourning, and for all who are at work to bring about peace and international harmony. We pray for all who strive to save this earth from carelessness and destruction. For who else? For what else do we pray? Almighty and everlasting God, you have brought us in safety to this new day. Preserve us with your mighty power, that we may not fall into sin, nor be overcome in adversity. 
In all we do, direct us to the fulfilling of your purpose through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, bless you now and forever. Amen. Go forth into the world to serve God with gladness. Be of good courage. Hold fast to that which is good. Render to no one evil for evil. Strengthen the faint-hearted. Support the weak. Help the afflicted. Honor all people. Love and serve God, rejoicing in the power of the Holy Spirit. Thanks be to God.